We want to revisit that chapter again. Thank you, singers. Thank you for godless songs. I didn't hear just noise. I heard anthems of praise that worship Jesus. You can't improve on God, but He can improve on us. Thank you, gentlemen, young Pentecostal preachers. God bless you for speaking to my heart. I could dismiss the service right now. We've already heard from God. I'm just going to sum it up. (laughs) Thank you, young man. Did a great job. Chapter 3 of Acts. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple of the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, that means it's a true story, lame from his mother's womb, his name is irrelevant. Whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asking alms? And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. We're going to pray tonight. That God will help me to bring to you exceeding customers' expectations. Exceeding customers' expectations. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus. Would you speak to our heart right now? Would you bless us with understanding? Would you anoint us right now with the holy anointing oil from heaven? Bless every family, every person in this building, I pray. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Never underestimate the power of your prayer. These men believed in praying. Jesus taught them how to pray. The ninth hour is the time that Jesus gave up the ghost. It was the ninth hour when Cornelius was praying when God paid him a visit as a theophany. That ninth hour is a very sacred time to Israel. Look it up in your Bible. You'll find it repeating itself over and over at the most tremendous critical events in the Bible. But Peter and John had an idea. Let's go pray together. Everybody in this building need a prayer partner. You need a prayer partner. This is not 120 coming together to pray now. It's two gentlemen that believe that prayer changes things. And they're on their way to prayer. They're not coming from the prayer room. They're going to the prayer room. And I don't know what was on their mind or their prayer list or what was on their agenda, but I know, I don't believe it's the first time they passed that man. Amen. And that tells me, never mind being passed by the first time, the second time, if you keep coming back, there might be a miracle waiting for you. Sometime. It may not be this time, but sometime, a miracle may just happen. That's why you never stop going to the prayer room. You never stop coming to church. Even though like you heard tonight, what you're praying for may not have yet answered, you never know when it's going to happen. And Peter and John were not planning on their agenda for this, what's going to take place in their life. But God already had it all set up. God had it all set up where two ends would meet. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen a place where two waters meet and they go like this, bang, and they clash in the middle. And they go down the stream very, very calmly together. Now, Peter and John, 
I don't believe personally it's the first time they saw that man at the gate. Amen. But this man, the Bible said, he was above age 40 years old. And I calculate, I believe his mother may have been about 60 plus going on to 70. But definitely his father is going about 70 going on to 80. But he said, Pastor, how do you know that? Because the guy is 40 years old. At least, let's say that age, age 20. So they're 60 years old. And no doubt the parents felt very sad that they didn't have a normal child. But you know, God told Moses one time, I made your mouth. And I know you stutter. I know your brother is eloquent. But that don't, your handicap don't limit God. I can get past your hang-ups. That little box that you're locked in, I can get in there. And I can do wonders that will exceed your imagination. And so this man, I guess his family gave up on the fact of him ever walking. He was born crippled, lame. They never saw him walk one time in his life. Always carried. And they carried him at this gate because he expect to receive. Now, expectation is what is lacking in this people's life and in this church. A lot of folk come to church and expect nothing to happen. And that's a dangerous thing. A guy called Zacharias went to let a candle, like always, not expecting anything to happen. But he went home with a John the Baptist promise. Hello. And Anas, amen, a man called Anas, I believe his name was, or whatever his name was, was praying. He was planning on touching the Apostle Paul. But I said, while he was praying, God talked to him. I said, I got a job for you. What, 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 what that job is, God? I got a guy called Saul. <laughs> Who? Wrong guy. <laughs> Get somebody else. Let me continue by praying. I said, oh, no, you won't continue by praying. I'm going to stop you right now because I'm going to give you an expectation you never had in your mind. The guy called Saul. I have him as a chosen vessel. Praise God. You may not like the answer God give you when you pray. But when God does it, there is no better way. You cannot be better than God. When God responds, it's the best there is. You can't improve on it. Now, you sure can take from it, but you can't improve on it. Because God always exceeds Expectation. You know, you should never go to a prayer meeting without expectation. You should never bow that knee without expectation. And some people don't even know if God answered a prayer or if He didn't. Because they're blank when they went in and blank when they came out. But friend, I'm going to profit from praying. I'm going to profit from faith because this man here, his family gave up on this guy ever walk. Now he's 40 years old. And he can't make a living like everybody else, so they put him on the gate. And I said, Lord, I want to revisit the scripture here. Because I saw something that people don't see. Let me tell you, friend, this man, when he went to that gate, he expect to receive. That man don't plan to go with an empty cup. He goes there with a cup empty, but plan to go home with plenty in that cup. And the Lord saw the consistency of this man who never gave up coming. And God, like, it's like God loves importunity. And he kept on coming and kept on coming. This service, a miracle may happen in this service that you didn't plan for. When you left your house, you didn't think God was going to do what he was about to do in this service. Uh, you never thought that so-and-so would receive the Holy Ghost. You never thought that so-and-so would repent of their sins. You wouldn't think that God would move on a person. But God can exceed your expectation. Well, hallelujah! And so they put him down there every day. He sat there, and for the first time, Peter saw something. God have a way of connecting you with the person who will make a difference in your life. There is somebody somewhere 
that will make a difference in my life. God knows how to make the right connection and bring me in the right spot where we must cross lines and make divine contact. I don't know how many prayerful people passed this guy by, but the Bible said Peter and John were going by and they were going to pass him by. And he captured their attention. Hey, you, look over here. And friend, when Peter looked, look, Peter fastened his eyes. I want you to picture this, right, my friend? Peter is passing by. The guy stopped him. And Peter looked at him. And something Peter saw that nobody else would have seen. This guy had expectation in his eyes. What a beautiful opportunity. Looking, expecting to receive. How many come to church tonight expect to receive? How many of you tonight come tonight expect to receive something or anything? Why are you going to go home with an empty vessel? Why would you go with an empty cup? If you come here expecting to receive, I don't know what you want from God, but I'm trying to tell you, God will exceed your expectation and send you home a satisfied customer. Or oh, somebody here be coming to Jesus right now. And Peter looked at him. And the guy is saying, come on, I expect something. I want a response. Was it Peter or was it the faith of the man that Peter tapped into? I'm going to tell you right now, it was not Peter's faith that healed that man. It was the man's own faith. He that hunger and thirst is a person with expectation. When you hunger for something, when you are thirsting for something, when you're willing to rip off the roof to get to what you want, that kind of expectation will not go on and dissatisfied. God never discount a person's faith when he sees it. And so Peter recognized that this guy is more than a beggar. This guy has faith that I can do something about his situation. He called on me. He expect me to, to give to him. He's ready to receive. And I'm ready to give to him all that I have. My friend, I may not be the banker in town, but maybe I know somebody who owned the banker. Ah, oh, come on now. Maybe I know somebody who got the whole world in his hand. He got the you and the me in his hand. I'm going to tell somebody here, if expectation can rise today, God said, I can fill that cup up. And I don't care how many years you've been waiting for this fulfillment. Forty years is irrelevant to God. God said a thousand years is a day to Him. So your 40 years is infinitesimal to God. So the time you've been waiting on God is irrelevant. But this could be the night. This could be the time when you wait for a divine intervention in your life. And God saw your cup. And God saw your desire. And God saw your expectation. God can do something and exceed what you want from Him tonight. And send you home a blessed five customer. But you've got to make up in your mind. I expect to receive from God tonight. You know what I got saved? Everybody was shocked. They were so shocked. Because the church didn't even believe there'd be one conversion that night. It was as business as usual. But God had a plan. God had a plan. Somebody connected me and said, go to church tonight. All the time God had in mind to save me that night. I didn't know it. They didn't know it. But God brought us together. Hallelujah. Because God planned to save my soul that night. Hallelujah. And church was just normal, dead like always, and they're going home. And just when they're going home, God said, look out, brother. I'm just ready to have revival service around here. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. And all of a sudden they heard a a cry in the background. Nobody expected, amen. Nobody laid hands on me. The Holy Ghost said, look, man, I see somebody expecting to receive. Let me tell you, I was a young boy that was hungry for God. I didn't know how to find God. And God knew I was hungry. And God said, I'm going to tap in that belief and that hunger and fulfill that hunger. And church was not ready for it. But God brought a surprise in the church. With a survival, church revival going to happen in this church. I can see it. I can feel it. You're going to come one day and find the house full and find the place full of converts. You won't expect it. But God's going to get outside the box and do something unusual because somebody is expecting to receive from God. Oh, hallelujah. They didn't expect me to get the Holy Ghost. I remember a lady, a daughter, our sister, a little white church we had building there. Everybody went home. It was midnight. And she stayed behind. Friend, the Holy Ghost fell. When everybody went home, the Holy Ghost fell. When you finished church, God just got started. Hallelujah. I mean, the Holy Ghost fell. And she was baptized with the Holy Ghost and power. When everybody went home. But somewhere in that girl's life, she expected to receive from God. And it doesn't matter how big the crowd is or small the crowd is. If you're hungry and thirsting for God to do a supernatural thing in your life tonight. I'm telling my friend, God will not send you on impotent. He will not send you on crippled again like you came here. You may walk in here crippled, honey. But you're going to jump out of here and shouting and praying God and giving God the praise. And the man was 40 years old. I'm so glad God can pour the Holy Ghost on any age group. And the Bible says he looked, he cooperated. Look on us. And he thought, okay, you got what I want. Well, what next? He said, I don't have silver and gold. Now, I would have thought the guy that got mad at Peter said, keep walking. <laughs> now, so, he last on and his face, I'm looking at his eyes more. He said, okay, brother, tell me, what have you got that I should need? He said, I got a name. I got a name that's full of fame. That famous name is in this building. I want to tell you, this church can be the change of your life like you've never had before. I'm trying to tell you, I don't care what time it is. I don't care how old you are. I don't care who's here, who's not here. But you can, in this service, leave here with a supernatural divine intervention like you've never had at any convention. I'm trying to tell somebody, my friend, this could be the night when the light came on. This could be the night when the thunder roared in your soul. This could be the time when the Holy Ghost blew upon you. And you can say later on, I cannot be disobedient to a heavenly vision that I have in that church. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I remember one lady telling a story. She was working for God afterwards. She said, look, I was at the altar praying. When I was praying, I saw my heart jumped out. I saw this big old heart of mine. And a brand new heart went in. That can happen right now in this church. I'm going to tell you, my friend, some of you are praying for some stuff. You think it's never going to happen. I know you pray it, but you don't believe it. You lie in your prayer. You say, God, I know you're going to do it. You liar. You don't believe it one bit. But God said, in spite of your lies, in spite of your lies, I'm going to work around it. Hallelujah. God, look past your ignorance and see that you need deliverance. Come on, somebody. I'm going to exceed your unbelief. There's some time when God said, your unbelief will not make this service of none effect. Your unbelief will not stop the power of God working in this church tonight. Your unbelief will not stop a miracle from taking place tonight. I don't know who got it on the agenda, but somebody tonight can have a changed heart, a brand new spirit, leave your brand new person, a different individual. God's spirit amen, wants to work a miracle in the service tonight. The supernatural power is here. The miracles are not dead. Miracles still happen. Signs and wonders still occur in the church where people believe in God and that God can work it. Hallelujah. I don't believe.
Billy the Scar is the only guy at the gate making another gate. Hallelujah. If you check it out, I believe a lot more folks were there begging. It's a place where people can drop coins. And he was right there. Hallelujah. And he looked at Peter. And Peter looked at him. And friend, they made contact. And Peter says, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know if that guy ever heard that name before. But Peter says, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Rise up! And walk! The man didn't hesitate. He grabbed a hold of Peter's hand. Oh, hallelujah. When the prophet, amen, and the benefactor hold hands together. Hallelujah. Anything can happen now. When the name is joining in, two or three join together, miracles going to happen. The man receives strength that he never had. And stood right up. I was thinking tonight, can you imagine when his mother heard what happened to her son? And I feel the dad didn't die either. I believe God kept him alive. And the mother alive. And you know what they said? God had exceeded our expectations. God has surpassed our imagination. God has gone beyond our estimation. My son does what? He's leaping. He's jumping. He's dancing. I got to see it for myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to see it for myself. Somebody is about to be saved in McMurray. The news is going to spread. Guess who's going to the top church? I don't believe it. I can't believe it. They go to that church? I don't believe it. I can't receive it. Well, come and see. Come and see what the Lord has done and is doing. Church, I want you to imagine. Everybody left off looking at the cathedral gates. And he become the tell show doom guy. Everybody's walking in, he's jumping. He's leaping. I know a girl that says, I'm not the emotional type. And that looks so uncouth and unladylike. That's the morning services said that. In the night service, she was undressing herself in church. God was defrocking her. Another guy came to church and said, those people are whatever, calling them names. What is this big old Afro ear style? All that in Edmonton. And his nice white suit. And before the service was over, he was on the floor, polishing the floor. He was the best janitor the church ever had. I'm going to tell you, my friend, right now God can... Wired up your seat. God can open your mouth. God can spit out words. If you're hungry, I'll fill it. If you're thirsty, I'll quench it. God wants to exceed what we think or ask or imagine. Rise up and walk. Hallelujah. The man got right up. And here's the beauty of Peter. Lend him a hand and picked him right up. Now, Peter was walking by as an ordinary Israelite. Nobody's watching him. But, church, I'm telling you, the days are coming when this church will be the news of the town for good, not for bad. When God put his hand in the preacher in the saint's hand and the alcoholic. And the wino become a saint. The dope pusher, he may become a Bible thumper. Hello, somebody. Come on now, the drop out, become the drop in. God could exceed the expectation 
of this church. God is going to bring musicians exceed your program. God is going to fill this altar beyond your ability to pray for them. God is going to fill them with the Holy Ghost that you can disciple them. God is going to bring miracles out from nowhere. Exceed the church prayer request. Exceed your belief system. Because God is not limited. God is not handicapped. And the unbelief of some will not make this prophetic word of that effect. You are hearing the word of the Lord. You might well say amen to what you're hearing. Because I'm telling you, God is going to exceed. In the latter days, He will pour out His Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said to challenge the established practice of the people of top church. You come, you sit, you go home, and you're in a ritual. You've gone around this mountain long enough. Hallelujah. Today, forward, still, it's Jehovah's will. Though the bills toss and swell with a conquering thread, I'm going to push ahead until revival break out, until people are born again. Somebody is going to be here dancing, exceeding in the Holy Ghost, talking in tongues. Husbands that could not be saved will confess Christ. Wives that did not love the church will baptize in Jesus' name. Backslidden children will come back to God. Backsliders will be forming at the altar. Miracles and signs and wonders when God exceeds even expectation of His church. It's His time for miracle. It's time for the supernatural. Can somebody say hallelujah? Can someone say hallelujah? Let's praise God. Forty years I waited for my healing. Forty years I waited for a spiritual breakthrough. Forty years I longed for God to do this. And finally my eyes have beholden. And he has exceeded the customer's expectation. God does not want church to be normal. God doesn't even want you to be normal. Get out of your ritual. My God, I hear the Holy Ghost saying right now, loosen him. Loosen her. Feed him. If you haven't danced before, this is the night you dance. If you haven't shout, here's the night you shout. If you haven't clap your hands, here's the night you clap your hands. If you haven't raised your hands, here's the night you raise your hands. I want you to exceed expectation. Here's the time for God to work a miracle in your life. I will not be denied. Though Satan said, my Lord was God 40 years, but he did show up. I'm healed. I'm delivered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can imagine the mother. You wives, you act like your husband is God. You dummies. Bunch of female fools. So hard to believe that God can do anything. Your husband ain't as big as Nebuchadnezzar. Your husband will never have what Nebuchadnezzar had. He owned kingdoms. He owned nations. And when God is a God, eat grass. Hallelujah. Now your husband been smoking grass too long. But God can get him off it. God can get him off that grass he's on. I said God can get him off that addiction he's on. Hallelujah. 
what he was addicted to, God can turn around. There's an Apostle Paul in this building. I know you guys don't believe it. There's an Apostle Paul in this building. Hallelujah. There are Jonas in this building. There are Peters in this building. I don't care what you believe, but I know what God says. God said, I can do anything. I want to exceed. Hell, the church is alive. It's not dead. The church is not in an insolent. It's no impotential. It's a powerful church. It's a baptized church. It's a Holy Ghost church. It's anointed church. The miracles are here. God said, I can do anything. And 40 years of waiting is nothing. Like Zachary said. Wait and delay don't mean denial. So help me God. This building is too small. We're going to knock that wall out. That wall out. Get rid of that office. And push it out there. Shaka Mahaya. I'm prophesying. I'm prophesying. Hallelujah. This way too small. I said, way too small. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is going to work a miracle before the rapture. We're going to have a divine intervention. God is going to exceed the expectation of this ministry. God is going beyond the imagination of the pews. God will go beyond the estimation of the skeptics and the coptics. God said, I will. I will. Can you tell us Hallelujah. Now, we got these wet blankets out there who want to stop what God's doing. Amen. But God wants everyone in this building right now to feel special. Go ahead, hug yourself. Go ahead, kiss yourself. Who shot come behind? Hallelujah. God wants to establish you beyond the normal calling. God says, I want to take care of you Above the bottom line. I want to exceed it above the expectation. Oh, you know, sometimes I'm too afraid to ask God for things. You know why? You might just give it to me. It's not that it's bad. I just feel guilty. But my brethren don't have it too. But after all, I get tired of waiting for them. It's time to drive the BMW. Come on, somebody. Hey, if you don't want to shout, don't let me join you. I'm going to shout. Shout to the power. Come down. Don't be afraid. Lift up your voice. Shout unto the power. Come down. You know, some of you don't know how to operate. One lady in her house, she was sick and she needed healing. And she walked up those stairs. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It looked like a ritual. But at some point, the Lord said, Cherub, shut up. Seraphim, be quiet. Angels, stop singing. I hear the voice of a saint down there. I want to exceed their expectation. And one of these days you wake up and the bugs are gone. Because Jesus don't want us settled for less than the best. Let somebody say amen right now. She, God, healed. There's healing in this house. There's deliverance in this house. There's a guy in this church one time said, I can't read. And I got this train. I can't, can't, I can't, I can't. And I said, come on, man. Get you, get you. Get certification. You can, you can. Oh, I can't, I can't, Pastor Neil. My brain is fried. I said, okay. Well, God can boil it, bring it back. Amen. Oh, no, no, no. Pastor Neil, no, no. I said, just obey me. Be quiet. So now you're going to challenge that exam and you're going to pass it. Oh, no. Oh, I can't read. I said, don't say that. I said, okay. So he applied for this exam. I sent him to Calgary to do this exam. I said, I'm going to hook you with some saints. I want you there. I'm going to help you do some reading. I said, when you go to that exam, you're going to pass. He said, oh, no, 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 I can't. He said, well, when I sat for the exam, 
And I opened up the pages. I said, Lord, if you don't help me, I don't know. I'm going to make it. So he said, I got one to do this. I line up. He passed with flying colors. The same hand that guided the arrow and killed Ahab can also guide the arrow of blessing and take care of your bank book and take care of your outlook. There's God in this place. Church, let's take the shackles off God. Let's take, come on, church. I mean to God. Let's take off God tonight. Do something, church. But tell God, I won't settle for less than the best. I am blessed with satisfaction. God wants this man go home satisfied. Let me tell you why God bless this guy. All his life, that's all he ever did. And never get tired of doing that. You come to God a few days and got tired of waiting on God. God does not have amnesia. If you think God missed one prayer you prayed, you're wrong. God have it all stored up. And when you don't expect it, that's when things happen. And really, nobody in Christianity should be surprised when God does things. The, the, the criterion for being surprised is unbelief. They were amazed. They were speechless. You know why? They never thought it could happen. These are people, children of the Old Testament. These are sons and daughters of Elijah. Elisha, Moses, Isaiah the prophet. They should have said, just like old times. Just like it used to be. Just like it should be. But they're amazed. I prophesied him at Jesus. One of you days, you're going to walk in this building and won't find no seat. You're going to walk in this door and find we're too advanced to baptizing folks before church even started. We won't have time to have song service. He said, Pastor Deal, will the Lord open the heaven and mind this thing be? It will happen, but be careful. A man of God walked in one day in the midst of famine and said, Look, at about tomorrow this time, which is tomorrow, God will send you a bumper crop of blessings. And this king leaned upon this guy, and the guy started mocking. Be careful how you mock the Word of God. <laughs> Because his hands are not shortened. And God confirmed the word. And the man of God said, look, you're going to see it, but you will not touch it. You know who killed him? Not God. The people trampled him underfoot. Let me tell you, church, what you and I take for granted, others, you're going to see like a T-bone steak. God always aimed Higher than ye think. God even have a storehouse that never runs out. I don't believe I have a problem that God can't solve. That man was crippled. Forty years he's on his bottom. Church, please put yourself in that mom and dad situation. God would not let them go to their grave without seeing this happen. Woo! God want to treat every one of us in this building right now as if we own the kingdom. How many of you can walk in the power room and act like you're a joint here with Jesus? There is no scripture for begging. Only for asking. Beg and ask is two different things. God did not say if you beg you're going to receive. God said, if you want, ask, and he shall receive. That guy didn't even ask you to sit right there. And church, it can happen again. You know, I know that. 
Paul was in Lystra, and the guy sat there impotent, crippled, the Bible said, and he sat there and heard Paul preaching. And Paul looked at him. Hallelujah. The best thing could ever happen is a man of God come by you and give you a word. You know what you should do? Get your handkerchief out and tie a knot on it. And say, nothing shall separate me from that promise. I am tied to it. I don't care what circumstance, situation, crisis, past, present, or future. I have a word, and the word will become flesh and brought among us, and that the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday. You think 2015, God, you're wrong. Come on, church, worship God. God promises space well. You're not dealing with a man, you're dealing with God. Forty years is not long enough. When God answered that prayer, the man did not go through learning how to walk. He didn't have therapy. <laughs> he didn't walk in hate. Instantly he walked up. I want to tell you, instantly, your lover going to want to work for God. In fact, you're going to be the hindrance to it. Not him. Ooh. I've seen it happen. Where the hindrance is the one who prayed for the results. And when he came in, they turned on it. Lord of mercy. I'm going right in your heart right now. Hallelujah. God said, I want to exceed this expectation. He said, I don't have silver or gold. God may not give you money in the bank. But if you save your kid, was it worth it? God may not give you dollar bills. But if you save your husband or your wife, was it worth it? If your grandma is saved, was it worth it? And this church may not give you silver and gold. But it may give you a word from God. Did God exceed Ruth's expectation? All Ruth wanted was, she didn't want Boaz. Never asked for him. Ruth didn't ask for a field. to own anything. She said, I want your God and your people and your kind of burial. Your cemetery. That's all I want. You know what God was saying? Absolutely nothing. But He's listening. Right this building right here. If you could open your eyes, He's listening to every word I said. And He's searching the heart to show Himself strong on the behalf of those who believe in Him right now. We need America. Church, I'm concerned. You guys are content without having Americas out here. You are content without signs and following. You're just going to have church and sing and go home. Don't you long to see a miracle? Don't you long to see the supernatural? Then you got to desire it. you got to ask for it. you got to pray for it. you got to mourn and groan for it. And say, God, bring back the supernatural. I'm telling you, folks, when I walk to McMurray, while I'm preaching, people got the Holy Ghost. Before I even start, they got the Holy Ghost. In prayer meeting, they got the Holy Ghost. Hello, I'm going to confess to you. We have less power moving from there to here. In manifestation. They didn't sit like you said. They pop right up, shouting. Now you just say, well, where are they? Now that's a good question. But that does not negate the fact the power of God didn't move. Change lives. Instant miracle. Homes. Education. 
position. It all happened. Bang! 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 God did entire pews dancing of the Spirit. Move on down the aisle. What happened? Number one, the prayer room was different from this one. You could hear it roaring. We had service one time. They, they came to the back door in shorts and whatever just to watch us. Just to hear us. I'm not lying to you. Amen. Or we get too scientifically minded and technologically savvy that we don't need a visitation from a supernatural God. God is being patient with us in our difficult times. But your difficulty does not make it difficult to God. We're the people that in almost blind confidence step out and say, I believe. I trust God. I have confidence in God. I don't need no evidence. But said, I know it. It's going to happen. You think God is going to delay and deny? No. He performed. God was in a city where he could not do many miracles because they did not believe. Would you worship God right now? Hallelujah. This night, God wants to form a strong partnership with you. I've always stated with the numbers in the Bible, 600,000 men in Israel. And I couldn't get the numbers in my head. Two and a half million. How do you get to an afternoon out of 600 men? But then it finally came to mind, and in history it proved true, that Israel never count children and women. They only count men. And what's the average size of a family? Hello? If you have that many men there, put a multiplier on it and see what you get. Out of this man's healing, 5,000 men. We always teach only 5,000 people got saved. No, it was more than 5,000. Because God didn't save men only. Roughly, that means that 5,000, I would say average, represent 15,000 souls impacted by the miracle. When I got converted, every student that was my friend came to church and filled the back row and wanted to know what happened to me. Now I wonder how come you got saved and nobody got stirred up? How come? Are you quiet about it? Why, Neil, you're not going to bar anymore? Why do you want us anymore? Something happened instantaneously. Why do you quit? We want to see it. Girlfriend, boyfriend, all came and lined the back people sitting down there. They want to know. This man did the same thing. When he started walking, friend, everybody forgot the temple, forgot the gate, forgot the priest, till they got jealous. That means 15,000 people. When a miracle happened in your life, it was intended to impact your surrounding, your circle of influence. Not for you to hide it from them, but God raised you up for that caliber of people, whether it be in the throne room or the door room, wherever you are, that miracle should make a difference. Hallelujah. I believe 15,000 people came in. And the Bible says the attraction was not Peter. It was not John. It was the one upon whom the miracle got saved. When your husband or your wife gets saved, they're going to affect more people than you've ever affected. Because the dramatization of the Holy Ghost... It's so powerful. 
and so awesome. You know, I've been back for long enough. Everybody says, I don't want to name them, my friend. Everyone that, that, that fought against me have turned around and eat out of my hand. Every single one. From the hall to the, the houses. Everyone that fought lost. Everyone lost. And I left a finger that one time. Amen. Hallelujah. But they couldn't deny the miracles. They knew that if God's not with you, then how come this is happening? Hello? How could this be? In this building right here, a church of over 600 people walked out on it and handed it to me with every furniture in it. The pulpit, the baptistry, the two lots, all the chairs, everything without a shot fired. And their music band just walked out and I walked in. Oh, how could that be? How could it be, church? And they were, these weren't ordinary people. There were people with high positions. The church, miracle still happens. It may have happened for you, but not for me. And I'm going to blab about it. I don't care what you think. Because before I close, my friend, that man was responsible for 15,000 people get saved because something happened beyond expectation. Would you pray right now? Lift those hands right now. What do you see? What do you see? Do you see the undeniable happening miracles? This church believes in miracles. I believe in the supernatural. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit and the signs and wonders. I believe God operates in the supernatural. Not just preaching only, but demonstration. We need a demonstration of the Holy Ghost. There's more to God than preaching and teaching in the singing song. Miracles. We need more wheelchairs in this church. More crutches to show that we had power. Ooh. Yeah, pretty dangerous now. Run for the cafeteria. Gotta go over there and hide over there. Go hide over there. Every hand that believes in God, stretch it out right now. I want to tell you, in your hand right now is life and death. Your hand is more powerful than the bomb in Russia, United States. You got the power to overthrow Satan's kingdom. In your hand is the power to work signs and wonders. Whatever you lay your hands on, it shall recover. Whatever you pray for, it shall happen. When you pray for the sick, it shall recover, my friend. You can cast out devils. Those hands that's your hand right now. When last have you used that miracle hand? What's in your hand, Moses? Use it! Miracles in your hand. Signs and wonders in the hand. In your tongue, it's miracles of speaking in tongues. Would you stand? I want you to stand right now because right now you're standing on the holy ground. You don't know, but right now your feet are beautiful. I don't mean in the flesh of carnal way. Your feet is shone with the irreversible blessings of God. I want God right now to heal your feet. Your crippled feet. One of the greatest miracles in the city right now is you being born again. The miracle was irreversible. It was indisputable. And the responses were they were filled with wonder and amazement. What happened to this man? Hallelujah. Someone paid me a compliment at youth service. The guy said, I want two thousand. They said, we have a bad need for 
from under patient bells. Hallelujah. And me I always know what how much Jesus Christ having in his bank account. I saw his bank book last time. I saw figures I couldn't even count. Thousand top ten thousands of thousands of thousands. I saw in his book. And so I said, God, let me go for that offering. I thought, no, this is a youth service. Let me stay out of it. Let me stay out of it. But God, I want you to give them ten thousand dollars. He said, two. I said, I said, brother, look around here. Now, I'm the superintendent. I said, now, say ten. He has to say ten. So when he said ten, God stood behind me and said, ten you'll get. And by the way, I'll give you a little bit more so you know more than ten. Not rehearsed. He said, obviously, you got more faith than I've got. Now, God has to either... Make a lie out of me or confirm it. Boy, the numbers start rising. I said, Ten, don't stop. Ten. And friend, they got more than ten. Because you see, miracles knows no boundaries. Miracles have no dimension. Signs and wonders are not confined to your imagination. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The first car I ever owned. Amen. I remember walking with a new convert. I'm not sure why you guys are the way you are. You guys are you guys are so slow. It's amazing. I mean, uh, uh, a sloth could walk past you and win the race. I mean, it was slow. But you know what? God's going to preach to us about faith. 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 Faith, faith. See, my, my job is to do, go practice it. Go practice it. So, you know, uh, I'm not ma- I'm single. I'm not married yet, right? So I walk down to, with some tracks in my hand, walk to the House of Parliament, kind of live in Edmonton, you know, about on the 7th Avenue in that area. And I walk down to the uh, Parliament ground and give up tracks and just talk. And I pass by a parking lot. I saw some cars there. And I walked to this to God. These are nice cars. And you know I can't afford it. And if I'm saying it, I'm saying it. No, I'm really saying it. If I ever own one of these cars, it's because you gave it to me. But if I could get one, I'll take folks to church. But I can't afford one. But I know you can. And I kept on walking down back and forth every week. I do it every week. And you know, church, one day I came home. And uh, I'm still at home with my dad. I should, I'm a I call it extended adolescence, living too long at home. I live beyond the time at home, right? <laughs> and my dad said, look out the window. What do you see? I said, nothing. Mm-hmm. I said, nothing. I, I said, nothing. There's cars. He said, look again. I said, I see no cars. There's nothing out there. He said, see these keys? He said, that car is yours. The insurance is covered. It's paid for. Go drive it. Now, he does not know the ritual I had. Walking by. Walking by. Hell, there's a, there's a lady one time in our, in the city here. I don't know if you can tell what I said. It's on the tape anyway. And says, the husband will never get saved. Never get saved. That's simple. That's so easy. Just go pray for his handkerchief, put it on this pillar, and leave it right there. I baptize him in Jesus' name. Fill the Holy Ghost. Amen. I, I can tell you miracle after miracle. Church, I've seen more miracles preaching out than I see here. They've learned to believe that anything can happen. Anything can happen. We need some people right now that say, Lord! Lord, I want some undeniable miracles in my life. Irreversible blessing that nothing can steal from me. In this spiritual promises that you will perform, I believe God. And tonight, God, I want to leave you a satisfied customer. I'm going to ask you right now. In seven days, seven literal days from today, I challenge you to 
come back next Sunday and tell me, Pastor, a miracle happened. You know what I said that? It's easy to write him off to down the distant future. But what about God now? Anybody here believe? Now, church, that man went home and knocked. How can I help you? I'm your son. No, 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 no. My son can't walk. I am your son. What happened to you? I met two Pentecostal preachers who didn't know my my limitation, but all they knew was my divine visitation. And they told me get up, and I got up. Who will dare walk around and say, God, I believe in miracles? 